Hello and welcome to the Liverpool Wave podcast. We've made a new signing in the most pressing area of the field. Dominic Soboslai has joined the Reds for around 60 million quid from RB Leipzig. Screw you to everyone who predicted we balls his name up. He'll join Alexis Ma- <laughs> Your boss He'll join- McAllister. <laughs> He'll join Alexis McAllister in the new look Liverpool midfield with the possibility of more reinforcements to come. We'll be assessing the new signing, figuring out how everything's going to work in that midfield and catching up with the lads summer so far. I'm Chris Smith and I'm joined by TLW editor Dave Usher and longtime TLW to- TLW contributor Stu Montague. Dave, uh, how are you feeling, man? It's June the 3rd, and what we presume to be the two top midfield targets are in the bag, or it could just be that we got the ones with the release clauses we could afford. So uh, where do you stand? It's July the 3rd, <laughs> for starters. It is July the 3rd, isn't it? You're having a mare. You're just excited with so... the new sign. And that's, that's no, I, no I, was, I was so focused on getting his name right that everything, everything else in the intro has just gone to shit. <laughs> That's fine. You got the name right though, so you know. You know, I've I've just got my sister is just my one and only sister has just had a wedding Uh rehearsal, so I feel like and I have to give her away in two days. I hate that term by the way, like it's so archaic and outdated, but I have to walk her down the aisle say in two days. So I had a couple of emotional beers before, so I'm I'm gonna blame it on that. Uh Go ahead. As I say, you got the name right. That's the main thing. Cause no That's one, the main thing. No one thought you would. Yeah, we've seen that the tweets and the comments on the forum about how we're going to butcher his name. Uh, I, I've got to say, though, it's only the fact like that he did that video for uh, LFC TV where he said how to pronounce his name. That's the only reason I know it. That's but, what uh, I've been looking at as well, though. And I've got this queued up, right? Listen to this. Dominic, can I just check how we say your name correctly? <laughs> Dominic, can I check how we can say your name correctly so we can fucking balls it off for the next five years? I, I watched the I watched another interview that like the full interview they did to him, and the guy just kept calling him Dom. <laughs> I said, like, "Yeah, I, I think I'll just right. pick that." But now it's it's not that it's not that hard to pronounce. No, um, it's fine. Obviously, McAllister's a trickier one, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, where were we anyway? What How's we... your summer been so far? Oh, on yeah, July the third. Yeah, just uh, golf really, not really done much, just uh, getting my handicap down, and I am, got got down from 14.8 to 10.6 now in like three weeks, three That's to four outrageous. weeks, I know, some seriously good player now, I've had a 76, mm-hmm. a 77, and he has an 80, which sounds good, except I was eight over for the last four holes, I just completely shit the bed when I had like an epic score going, but I uh, made an eagle, first eagle in... About, about 25 years so yeah that's not too bad not not as exciting as what you boys have been up to like but you know i'm happy enough i was expecting it to take longer than five minutes for that to happen for you to crowbar that in i was thinking it'd take 35 40 but no right no in. that's just the first one first five <laughs> there won't be the last mention of it what about you Stu? what have you been up to uh, relatively quiet, enjoying. Uh, I've had a lot of football uh, with the coaching and whatever, so mm-hmm. quite in, quite enjoying sort of turning off to it a little bit. I think I've some of the other lads are like super on top of all of the transfers now. I've been quite blase about it, just wait and see what happens, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, just getting about. Went to Glastonbury, seen some gigs, drink some beer, just enjoying the nice. summer before pre-season. Really. Okay. Good. Did you see? Um, did you see Guns and Roses at Glasgow? Because I heard they got a bit of a battering. By the I, by, the Glasgow crew. No, but I've I've heard they weren't great. They're a bit underwhelming. But um, mm-hmm. no, we, I didn't go to see them because I thought they'd be like that, so I, I avoided it. 
I thought it was, it was good. The... I watched it on telly. I thought it was good, except the uh, the sound quality was a bit shit on on Axel's mic. Now I didn't know if that was him, like just bad singing, or if it was like the the mic. But loads of people were saying it sounded good actually when you were there, but on the telly it come across mm-hmm. dog shit. He's not. I've seen him a couple of years ago, and he's not that great anymore. He has to go off stage like every song to ha- to be in an oxygen tent for about five minutes. But as far that's the truth. As far as I'm concerned, he's kind of one of the greatest. You mean that's the, the truth. Rock rock. Seriously, yeah, yeah. Are you not taking like, the piss? So you know when like Guns N' Roses are playing and and Slash is on stage just like busting out these like ten yeah. minute guitar solos. Axel is downstairs taking oxygen on so he can come <laughs> no back worries. up and. No, absolutely, that's Fucking true. Hell. He was running yeah. about all over the place because I seen there was a tweet and someone said like, sixty-one-year-old uh, Axel Rose has just covered more ground in like uh, at a, a two-hour <laughs> set on Glastonbury than Nabby Cater did in five years. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get that one in because yeah. shoes on. Oh, you knew, yeah, I knew that was yeah, I knew that was coming. Go on, defend your boy. Go on. No, let's avoid that one. We've done that one a million times before. He's gone now. You don't need to defend yeah. him anymore. Well, apparently I do. Apparently I still do need to stop people shitting on his name every five minutes. All right. <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, that's the thing with uh, getting Sobersly, isn't it? It's like, uh, we've got like more... We've got another player from the Red Bull fucking snake oil salesman. <laughs> <laughs> the new Navi. Yeah, the new Navi. <laughs> Oh, Do you know the, the concerning thing about it is Nabby's YouTube thing was fucking sensational. Oh, dynamite, wasn't and, it? And so, right. so's this, lads. So I like I, I kind of would be a little bit better if his YouTube compilation wasn't great. Because you remember how bad Coutinho's one was? Coutinho's YouTube compilation was fucking awful. They were showing like uh, tap-ins in training and that. I'm like, is this the best that they've got? And then he yeah. arrived and he was just dynamite, like... Um, Do you know who else's YouTube compilation was great? Oh, Darwin's. <laughs> yeah, was... but, you know what though? You can see why because it's like if you cut out all the shit stuff, there's loads of boss stuff as well. But yeah. they could have made a, a a compilation that was fucking horrific of Darwin. You know, you can have like the the two sides of him because mm-hmm. there is the two sides. I always think of Cisse. I remember oh, yeah. Cissé's when we signed him and he just he just looked dynamite and you were like, oh, we're getting something special. And, you know, at times he was, but yeah. You see all the best bits and not the very irritating bits, don't you? Yeah, and the 10 offsides a game. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Darwin, <laughs> I feel like we get to him <laughs> so quickly. That was a hell, we haven't even spoken about Sobers yet. I know. We're on to Darwin already. No, but I was I was in the hairdressers today and they had a copy of 442 in there and they had the 50 best Premier League players and it was an absolute abomination, by the way. Like I think like Casemiro was like number five, and there was I think we had like three players in it. It was Darwin was number fifty, and wow. Mo, and Virgil. it might have just been those two, you know. No, Allison. Allison wasn't in it. Oh my god, that's insane. Um, were there, were was, there any keepers in it? Yeah, Aaron oh, Ramsdale, Martinez, Aaron Ramsdale, Martinez, and. Um, Emerson, oh and they had a big God. interview with Emerson as well. Oh, oh, there was there were three Liverpool players in there as well because Mac Allister was twenty, number twenty. And I was looking at that and I was thinking, is that how far we've fallen now? When we would have probably had like seven or eight in the first fifteen, or is it just because there were a bunch of new Newcastle players as well? Like uh, Joe Ellenson was in there. No, fucking the worm with eyebrows was in there. Almiron behave. And a couple of other Newcastle players that I'm barely familiar with as well. So, 
What, what was this in? What magazine? Four four two. Fuck the me. top fifty Premier League players. I thought it was in like Cosmopolitan or something in the hairdressers. <laughs> no. Fucking hell, no, that, man. that's horrendous. I mean, you know, Darwin's my boy, but I'm not even going to have Darwin in in our top three players. No. It's, never mind, like you know, top fifty in the. Well, no, I'd have him top fifty in the league. Yeah, I would, but I'm not having. Him would in, you really? Yeah, of course I would. He's my boy, but I wouldn't have him top, top three. Yeah, but do you know Liverpool Dom Solanke is your boy as well? <laughs> no, I've got a new Dom now. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Should we talk about the new Dom? Yeah, then? yeah. Because let's. Because we'd be on because... that that list all day. Because <laughs> <I>, there's <laughs> right. so much to cover. I here, wish so. I had it in front of me. Yeah. While you guys are talking, I'll look up the full list and and we'll we'll go into that in detail. But like uh, Stu, yeah, sixty million quid for this lad. We've we've paid the release clause. Some there's a part of me that thinks like sixty million is the new like twenty twenty five million. You sort of get in this. It's it's not like you guaranteed hit that like a hundred million sort of seems like, um, but the YouTube compilations do look absolutely fantastic. He's like he's skillful, he's big, he's tall, he looks strong, he's got pace, he can definitely finish. He's he can beat a man. Like he looks like he's got sort of everything. What do you reckon? No, I like the look of him. I, I tend not to go too much for the YouTube. I tend to try and look at like his data over what what he does and what, <laughs> what, 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 and what he produces. <laughs> so, because I, I think you can be, you know, you can you can watch the best the YouTube best ofs and they look amazing. And it's, yeah. it's is you do tend to get a more a better view, I think, just from looking at raw data of of what what he does. I think it's exciting. So, I mean, it feels like it's definitely leaning towards this box midfield because it feels like he's a proper attacking midfielder. He doesn't feel like an eight. You know where we're looking at some who were thinking, oh, is he a six, is he an eight? I think he's. Mm. that's one way you're going, well, he's an eight or a ten. He's, he's definitely yeah. more attacking. You know, he gives that that long-range shot option. He looks like he gets himself into the box. Um, and if he's going to do that Henderson thing where he's going to get into the box, people will, will have to actually worry about him in a way that they don't really worry about Henderson. I don't think that's a, a particularly unique take. I think everyone can see that that you know when Henderson's getting himself in forward and getting himself past Salah, if you're a defensive team, you're not really thinking he's going to cause too much trouble for you. Whereas I feel like this lad now, you're going to have to you have to be on your toes around there, around that edge of the area, um, yeah. which I like. Like the idea that I mean, I'm not big on long shots from outside the area because uh, I tend to think build a better chance. But he's got a good shot on him. So you've got him and you've got McAllister, both got different options on the edge of the area. You can't yeah. just you can't just sit in, do you know what I mean? You've got to come out and you've got to come and try and press them and stop them from doing things on the edge of the area. Um yeah, I like it. He looks he looks busy. He looks like he gets not big for tackles, but he's quite big for blocks, which might mean just pressing, he's just getting his foot in a lot and just stopping passes and things like that, blocking mm-hmm. passing lanes. Um and he's you know, he's relatively young captain of his team captain of his international team which shows a bit of leadership he's already got whatever it is 140 150 games under his belt um i think and, and like you were saying i think 60 mil is a, is about the sort of baseline now for players i think if you look at it we had the, we've had the discussion with the lads a little bit this week where there's a feeling that oh you know arsenal are arsenal are being serious about this summer because they're spending 165 million pounds I don't think it is serious. I think it's bad money. I don't think I don't think they're players that are worth that. Um, so I think this is a much more serious way to spend 100 million pounds on these two footballers. Uh, and yeah. I, th- I, th- I think so. All, I think all, gen- I'd, all I'd say on that, Stuart, I'm not saying you're wrong because time will tell. 
all I see with Arsenal is they identified players that they wanted and they got them. Now, they may have paid over the odds mm-hmm. for those players, but they didn't want to compromise and say, well, I can get somebody else who's cheaper. It was like, well, no, this is who I want to sign. We'll go and get him. Because they've definitely paid too much for Havertz. And I say like yeah, they paid too much for Declan so. Rice, but yeah. that's, that's slightly different because... There's there's two sides to it when you're talking about a player's worth. It's like, is Declan Rice would you would you want to buy Declan Rice for 105 million? No. No. If you were West Ham, would you accept anything less than that? Well, no. I know this contract's running down, so that that muddies the water a bit. But he's worth that much to West Ham. So if you want to prize him away from West Ham, you've got to pay what he's worth to West Ham. Even if you think that's more, and you've got to stop Man City getting him as well. Yeah, if Man City because they will absolutely. I well, don't think they probably do. would just drive out the price. Exactly, yeah. But I think if he goes to City, he makes them weaker. So I'm not. I'm all right with that. Mm. No, he's but, not better than he's not better than Rodri. They bought, you know, they bought the lad from Leeds, and he's barely getting a game. I, I just think I, I get the idea that like you, you identify who you want and you go and get them. I just think they've, they're not identifying players well. And there's other options. Like I've been saying all summer, haven't I? Don't go and get an 80 million pound player if you can go and get a 40 million pound one that isn't. There's no real difference in them. I just feel like, especially when you hear that Arsenal like uh, apparently borrowing money to do it, it just feels... I think people might look back at this summer and not think it was a very clever idea to do that. Yeah, if they're borrowing money to finance it, then maybe be a little bit smarter instead of hmm. spending like the, like a drunken sailor, which is like what they're doing. I mean, yeah. The Habits not... one is the one for me. Yeah. Like the Rice one I'm fine with, but for the Habits one is kind of, is that is that what you guys need? That feels feel like, like 30 million too much. Yeah, it feels, like, it feels like too much money and it feels like they have that player already who can do what he does. Yeah. Like I don't think I think they needed a like a proper striker if they were going to spend 65 million on because you know we all see we all saw what happened to them when Jesus got injured. We're talking about him playing in midfield. They're talking about him being like an eight stroke Jacker's replacement. No, not really? necessarily Jacker, but same thing as Odegaard really. The same sort of areas as Odegaard. I mean, so, I just feel like you come up against that team, Rice better eat his breakfast then if it's going to be Rice, Odegaard and Havertz in that midfield. Yeah. feels like he's doing a lot of work. Yeah. I don't feel like Rice is mobile enough for... I mean, you might be able to dispute that with the uh, with the stats, Stu, but I, whenever I feel, whenever I watch Rice, I feel like he's he he's very, very talented player, but I, I'm not sure I'd, he would work for us. Do you know what I mean? He, like with the amount of ground about, that he has to cover. I I think he gets about. He doesn't. I don't think he does it at like top top speed over like twenty meters or whatever. For me, the issue is he's going from a team where he doesn't have to dictate play to a team where he's now going to have a lot of the ball, and he's going to have to use the ball. And I know I very rarely watch West Ham, but whenever I've seen him for England, never gets on it, never dictates play, barely wants the football. So hmm. it feels like that's a thing that, that no one's really seen him do. He's more of a transition player. West Ham, he wins the ball back, then West Ham break. I mean, I don't know. Arsenal are gonna have a lot of the ball, so he's gonna have to he's gonna have to build play a lot. And I'm not sure he's that much of an improvement on uh, on Xhaka doing that. To be honest, he, yeah. he wouldn't fit for us. I think he's a really good player, but he's not someone who I, I was ever like, oh, I really would love us to sign him. I don't think he fits us at all. But uh, you say that, but like, just going back to Stu's point before, I just wanted to pick up on something. I agree with everything that he was saying about. Um, Sobers like the type of player he is and all of that. The intriguing thing for me really is like I think based on like the two signings we've made so far 
and other players who were getting linked with. This is a completely new team now. You know what we mm. what we've been used to with like the four three three and the attacking fullbacks and all that. That's gone. We're not going to play like that now. But like the way we ended last season, it looks to me like that's how it's going to be. Like you know, with like Stu mm-hmm. said about the box midfield, mm-hmm. because they're not McAllister. To be fair, McAllister could fit into anything really because he, the way he plays. You know, I mean, you could even play him in Fabinho's position and he'd do a good job. He's just he's just a really good all round midfield player. But I do feel like we're we're looking at it like we've got those each, you know. It was always easy to look identify players who we were going to go for because we knew it's like the four three three. So a midfield player was not going to be a goal scorer. He was going to be like a bits and pieces player who's just going to like fill in gaps, win the ball back, give the ball to like the creative players to do it. That that, that was our identity. That was how we played. It's completely changed now, and. I don't think we actually know exactly how it's going to play out. And by that, I'm I'm talking more the forward line. I think we're going to see changes in, in what we're doing with the forward line. Um, I don't know what that's going to be, but I do think it's going to be slightly different. To, we were sort of between caught between two stools last season. We still had like the old 4-3-3. The forwards were playing like that, but then we changed the midfield. I think we'll see it evolve further for mm-hmm. the start of next season. And... You know, time will tell, but I've I just I've got a feeling Darwin's going to be a big part of that. I know people are writing him off and saying he's not going to get in the team and all that. I mean, Brownie's been saying this for a while. I think he said it on the last pod when we signed McAllister. Like McAllister's a player that's going to help Darwin because of the little through balls picking out his yeah, runs. Yeah, definitely. And Sobosla is exactly the same. You know, he's another one who can play those little passes when when Darwin's making the runs because Darwin makes great runs, but the ball doesn't come. And then he's offside, and it's like, oh, he's run offside. Get those early balls when he starts his run. He's so quick, no one's going to catch him. I think that's going to be a big part of how we play. Now, don't ask me how, because I don't know how you fit all those forwards in and who's going to play. I just think people are writing him off and thinking, well, he's not going to get in the team because he couldn't get in at the back end of last season. But I think like pre-season, we'll see um how this is gonna this is gonna work out like in terms of how it's gonna be different to the end of last season because I do think it is gonna be like subtle differences in what we do yeah. because what we're doing now is gonna it's like we've moved away from that four three three. I just don't think we're gonna play like that. And don't really want to get into this too much now because it you know we want to talk about like the, the new lad and that but I do worry for Robbo long term. Yeah. I yeah, think definitely. like if we're getting away from like attacking fullbacks and that you're going to be looking more at like left-sided centre back who can play left back and and Robbo might have a problem not so much this season because I don't think we're going to address everything all at once but um, I do think his time might get cut short by this the to- this total change in in how we're playing. No, I agree. I, I think it's that idea, isn't it? Of you, you need more of a centre half rather. You, yeah. you know, you need more more of a centre back than Robbo's natural inclination is to be high up the pitch. So yeah. they'd have to think it through if they were going to rejig it. Maybe another one of the midfielders drops in or something. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Long term, how does he fit? Do you not? Would you not think though? Like I'd like to have the option of playing the way we used to as well. You know, for certain yeah. games. So you know what? We're yeah. going to have like Trent. You're back at right back today. Uh, we're going to have loads of the ball. We've got a mobile midfield now, so we're not worried about getting caught on counter attacks all the time. You two just go and do your thing the way, the way you used to. I'd like us to have that up our sleeve if if we needed to do it. And the good thing about when you do that is like you can't tell by looking at the starting eleven that we're going to do it. 
you know, you can look at the start in eleven and think, oh yeah, the the, the playing like mm-hmm. Trent, you know, um, in the box midfield, and and then all of a sudden it's like, no, we've got two fullbacks flying at you, so figure that one out. So I'd McCall like to have that. For that I feel yeah. like McAllister's huge because McCall- you can look at a midfield and go, well, wh- wh- what's he going to do today? Yeah. You're not sure how he's getting used, are you? He could be 6, 8, 10. So mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, if you're going, how are these going to set up? He feels it may be, you know, if Sobos lies a little bit similar, where is he going to be an 8, is he going to be a 10? You can do both things, hopefully. Maybe mm-hmm. play on the right sometimes as well if Mo's not playing. It's another mm-hmm. option. He's He's played there, he's done well. You can subscribe to the Liverpool Way podcast on all the major platforms, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon or Podbean. Just search for the Liverpool Way, leave us a review and hit subscribe to automatically receive all new episodes. You can also head to liverpoolway.co.uk and grab a TLW season ticket for just £3 a month. There's tons of exclusive content, including match reports from every Liverpool game, weekly Premier League roundups, the TLW diary and access to the members only forum. Lastly, you can follow us on social media at the Liverpool Way on Twitter and at the Liverpool Way TLW on Instagram and Facebook. If we're talking about like um, changing everything up and, and and everything's sort of we are moving away from that four three three, does that day fill you with sort of excitement or is it more of a trepidation thing? Because what we were doing for so long has been so successful, and the idea that we might try something that's a little bit I mean, a lot of it. Yeah, different to that. Like it's it's quite scary to me the thought of that. Um, I think it was just time. I think we'd gone stale, hadn't we? Um, yeah. Now, whether that was the system had gone stale or the players in it had gone stale, you know, you can argue that either way. You can also make the point that we'd been playing that way for you know for so many years. Eventually, teams like become better at dealing with it. So by changing. It's given them something else to think about. It's also any complacency that had crept in with our players because it did feel like last season, for a lot of the season, they weren't listening. You know, mm-hmm. it, it just felt like they were not listening to what they were being told to do because they just weren't doing it. And maybe it's be, it's just because it's like it's it's the same thing over and over and over. They just become like immune to it, really. And then once we made that change, everything was new and fresh and they had to concentrate. They were like, oh, okay, this is different. And it sort of refocuses players, so like they've got to think a bit more about what they're doing, and it definitely made a difference. You know, we we looked much better over the last ten games than we did, you know, the games before that. I mean, it wasn't perfect. I mean, look at the last two games we conceded four mm-hmm. at Southampton, mm-hmm. couldn't beat Villa at home, so it wasn't perfect. But we won, I think it was eight out of the last ten or something, wasn't it? It was there or thereabouts. Villa was decent as well. I thought Villa we played yeah, all that, night. You know don't I mean? don't even I don't even want to revisit that game because I'm just <laughs> gonna go off on the time wasting again. But I'm I'm just talking like it, it wasn't a great performance. There was mitigating circumstances for it, don't get me wrong. But I feel like in the past that was a game that we would have won. And we're not at that level. You know, we're not that team at the moment and that's mm-hmm. what we've got to get back to where we would have just found a way to just get that game over and done with get it out the way three points move on um that's going to take time to build that up again but it does feel now that it's it's a new team um new system new players uh certain core values are going to be the same i mean you know i'm hoping anyway i hope we'll still have like that high intensity horrible to play against i hope we get that back um mm-hmm. I don't think even like the last ten games of last season where it was better. I don't think it was, it was back 
the way it was where we were just a nightmare to play against. It was massively improved on what had gone before, but we, you know, we've still got a way to go. But I think where where we'll be helped with that is just the, the new energy in midfield, you know, new players keen to make an impression, um, younger legs in there, like keen to listen to the manager and you know it's it's not like the message is just mm-hmm. old you know and hopefully we'll just be reinvigorated so i've not got any trepidation about the the, the change in in formation and that i am i'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out but going back to what i said before i do think we we kind of know how what we're going to be like with the, whether it's going to be like a back three Trent going into the midfield with, with fabinho or whoever happens to be playing the six and then you've got like the two further forwards, and then you've got the strikers. But I, I don't know how the dynamic with the strikers. I don't know how that's going to play out. That's the one thing that I'm really looking forward to. Stu, have you got any insight into that? I think Stu, gonna... this this is your chance to just lay into Mo because I know you love that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Are we dropping no, Mo? I... <laughs> I, th- I think one of the issues that we've got with the box midfield, I can't remember if I mentioned it last time, I think I did, is that you you watch City and they're all about control, so the idea it goes into the winger, he doesn't lose it. That's what Grealish has become much better at. It's like the first time it goes into him, he's not meant to do anything exciting with it. He's meant to just hold it for shape to let everyone get into the, the, the system, get let everyone get into shape. So we do wonder where Jurgen Klopp's heavy metal gegenpressing football fits into as the shapes move in Trent's going there Canate's going here we're open we've lost it I do I do worry a little bit how you keep that intensity of super of, of like um, of being the kings of the transitions and not you know generally we didn't care about transitions we, we didn't mind that throw it forward we'll lose it we'll get it we'll lose it we'll get it and you get an opportunity from that whereas I'm not sure that fits as well with this system. I might be proven wrong. I just feel like the more moments you have of transition, the more moments Trent's moving into midfield or moving out of midfield or somewhere where he shouldn't be when we lose the ball. So yeah, I might be wrong with that. But I do feel like the indications for me are that we are going to play it more often because we've gone for proper... He This this lad is a proper attacking midfielder, I think. And if the this talk of... They're talking about this Lavia, aren't they? Mm. He would be more of a destroyer. He he's like a straight, a more straight up destroyer for me. I've looked. It doesn't look like he he builds the play or anything like that. He's he's just win it. So maybe that's maybe that again. You you can get away with that if you have him in your box midfield. He doesn't have to create as much. Mm-hmm. He just he's just getting his foot in. He looks quite press resistant. He can like go past people. He's quite a mobile lad, but he doesn't. He's not going to pass the ball forward a lot out of midfield. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see whether they tweak things, whether they don't tweak things. I mean, one thing I thought was was interesting. I was reading. Um, I was reading Pep's book, uh, Pep Linders, and there's a thing in that where he goes on about. They which I can't think which game it was. They're talking about long shots and saying, "Oh, it was great because we had loads of shots from outside the box." But that's not really something we do. And I was, no. you know, with this new lad coming in, I was like, I wonder if that's, you know, that's something they're looking to do more. But yeah, I've never really seen us as a team that encourages that. I think yeah. we should though. McAllister as well, they can hit them as yeah. well. So we've got two lads who can do that now. I mean, that's probably why we didn't and do Trent it because we didn't really have anybody who could do it. But now you've got Trent more central. He's going to have more right. shooting opportunities. Yeah, maybe. Um, 
but no, I don't think we do that anywhere near enough. And I know it's a lower percentage yeah. shot than like taking the extra pass and trying to create the chances. But that's all we were doing was trying to yeah. take the extra pass. And right. a lot of the time, it's not working. And it's like if it opens up for you to have a shot, well, have a shot. I'm not saying like take random pot shots when you've got like a load of bodies in front of you. But sometimes like you've got space to hit it, and it's you're like twenty yards out. Well. If you've got a good dig on you and you're in that situation, I'm more than happy to see them have a shot. Um, I just try and hit the target, and then you've got like rebounds, players following mm-hmm. it in. Sometimes the I just think is, you need to do it, and we don't do when it you enough. T- it's it's like basketball, isn't it? With a three pointer, when you take that dig, and and the opposition knows that you're taking that dig, that draws yeah. people out to it. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you have yeah. more passing options open. So if teams are completely satisfied in the fact that like this team doesn't fucking take a shot from outside the box. They can sit in, they can hold their position. If all of yeah. a sudden we're doing that, then it you know it forces them to think differently about it, and then the passing lanes open up, so we can start faking them out and doing things a little bit differently. Yeah, you get a centre back having to come out to try to make yeah. a block rather than just stay right. where he is, because he's like, yeah, you're not going to have a shot. I'm staying here and I'm I'm covering me full back in case it goes out to Salah. So yeah, it, it it does open things up, and having two players who can do it, I think, you know, that's you know, it can only help. I think it mix mix mixes up what we normally do, and it's just it's another weapon for us. But that suggest that is the suggestion here, isn't it? That there is change in that we've we've been saying for quite a while that all oh, the midfielders have got set jobs, and that they're not really about they're not about bringing yeah. the fireworks and stuff like that. That's whereas gone. it does feel like. You look at Sober's line. He's last year in the Bundesliga. I think he was he was top out of all players in the league for shot creating actions. So he create like five and a half shots every ninety every ninety minutes. So that's a lot. He was creating a lot of attacking threat there. And I think McAllister's you know the same sort of thing. They are going to create shots on goal. They are going to create a little bit more fireworks. And then hopefully, you've got Darwin with his ten shots a game as well. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't want to be the other team's yeah. keeper. They're going to be fucking busy, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, picking the ball up for goal kicks. Yeah. Hell of a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but... I, no, no, you know, you've just said that. And that, now I'm just having nightmares about fucking Martinez. Yeah. And he'll have like fucking Take 30 minutes, goal it, kicks yeah. a game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> but, like, you guys mentioned the sixth position there as well. Like, do you think that there is one more that needs to come in, like whether it's the lad from Southampton or whether it's somebody else? Um, because I I think I might have been sort of in the minority here, but I I kind of think Fabinho's um, revival was a little bit overstated, Stu. I'm, okay. I wasn't quite ready to, to say that he was back to where he wants to be. I think what, we, what we're going to need is like not okay, he's he looks a bit better than he was Fabinho. We're going to need like peak Fabinho. And I don't think he's probably not capable of getting back to the level that he was. Do you think that we need to get somebody in that sixth position or we can work around it? I'm okay with what we've got at the moment with these two lads coming in. I'm not too desperate to bring another player in. I look at it and I say, I think you've got Curtis and you've got Harvey who can do things in the, the two eights and the 10 positions. I think you've got Fabinho. You've got it. Probably means Henderson's going to get more games at six, and you've got Bajtić as well. So mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not too worried. I don't. Thiago, I don't. If he stays. Yeah. I don't think Fabinho's drop off was quite as bad as everyone else does. I think that that, that I think the team made it look a lot worse because he's terrible when there's a lot of space. And I, I Stuart, like to, yeah. T- people won't know this probably, but what you put in the chat about Fabinho when he was when he was stinking the place out and everyone was saying how bad he was. 
what were his, his stats? I was just saying, like, his numbers weren't particularly down. He was, like, still, he was still putting his foot in as, as often as he was and stuff like that. But I, I feel like that was probably because as a team, we were giving him, he was having more tackles to make because we were a bit of a mess as well. I don't, I'm not pretending that he wasn't bad, but they all were. And I felt like he's the one that gets to make, he looks awful when there's, like, space around him. So I think there's him, there's Henderson, there's a couple of them basically that I think I'd like to see them after a break, after a summer, with a little bit of threat, a little bit of new players coming in, and see where they can get to. Because I'm not, sh- I wouldn't declare them finished just yet. I feel like last year, off the back of chasing all four trophies, off the back of sixty odd games, World Cup, I feel like it was just. It'll be interesting to. I'll write them off this year if they don't, if they can't pull it out of the bag. But I do feel like that. That was like very few football teams, if ever, ever, any football team ever, has had to deal with that. When we're talking about the mentality of monsters, and they've gone year after year after year after year, mm-hmm. and then they go and try and get the quadruple, and then they end up with the two domestic cups, and then you're getting asked to go again, and after a few weeks, you realise it's gone. You know, you, they know after about six weeks, eight weeks, we're not going to win the league this year. I feel like mentality-wise, I think that was probably a big thing where they all just went and they just not gave up, but you know, I feel like mentally, physically, it took a toll on them last year. So we'll see. I, I'll give them a go this year. I, I'd like to see, especially with the Europa League. I feel like they'll be playing less. The likes of Thiago, the likes of Henderson, probably get less. Mm-hmm. Uh, you won't. You won't need. They won't have as many double weeks. So you'll be able to play them once a week. You might get more out of them. So I don't particularly think we need another six right now. I think, okay. you know, people look at... If you say that, Lavia, he's... Uh, is he better than Bacetic? Probably looks it. He's younger. All sorts of things could go wrong. He doesn't settle. And you've got to pay £50 million for the privilege. Uh, I'm not sure I want to roll the dice on that. And I'm not massively impressed with Toram if he's going to be a six. I feel he's more of a ball carrier. He's an eight. doesn't look a six to me. Um... So yeah, I, I I'm all right. I'm all right shaking hands on what we've got to start the season. I think what you're saying that, but I think you also mean get a centre back, don't you? You just mean midfield. You're all right starting. Oh yeah, midfield. I'm sorted. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be the end of the world. I wouldn't be desperately worried if we didn't have a left-sided centre back. You know, I'm the same. I'm a bit the same with Joe Gomez, where I'll give him a. I think he's got the perfect profile for this thing that we're going to do. So I'll give him a year and see if, if he's another one that can shape up a bit. He's young, he's English. Um, but yeah, left sided centre half does feel like something that we're, we're probably going to need if we're going to do this a lot. Otherwise, it's going to be a mess. Dave, what about you? Where, where's the priority now? If we have to, if we can only sign one more. Sign one more player this summer. Would you rather have that left-sided centre half, or would you rather get like uh, someone who can possibly put Fabinho's place under a little bit more pressure? And I'm all in on centre back, okay. definitely. Uh, I don't know how much money we've got to spend. Um, if there's enough to get two players, well, I'd use all of that to get one really good centre back. You know, rather than going like say like the lad who looks like he's going to Tottenham, the Dutch lad Van der Ven. Mm-hmm. He looked all right. He looked quite promising. Like he may or may not become a really good player. A deal like that, yeah, we could do that. But I'd like to see us go and get someone who we know. Okay, yeah, this guy's like he's fucking shit hot. Let's get him in, and I'd happily give up another midfielder uh, to to do that. Um, because with the midfield, yeah, okay, you can say we need a six, but it all depends on on what's happening with Fabinho and Thiago. If they're staying. 
There's no point bringing in another six. There's just not, because all that means is Bajetic is, is hardly going to get any chances. Um, but that's a that's a key point that you make right there now. Like how how much game time do you see him getting in that position next year? A fair year? bit, and, and, especially because yeah. the Europa League. I'd, I'd be starting yeah, in all the Europa League, League games. games. But the problem you've got is if you sign something, like say you sign um, Lavia, well, he's probably and and. I'm assuming like that Fabinho stays. There's not been any talk of Fabinho going. There's, there's some whispers now about Thiago. Um, but if, if Thiago goes, then okay, you can bring another midfielder in. I, I'm, I'm all right with that. If Thiago's staying, no, I wouldn't do it. Uh, because it's different if you're in the Champions League. We're, we're not. We're in the Europa League, so you can you don't have to be like putting out like you know not necessarily your strongest 11, but like a really strong 11 every game. So sometimes you've got your top players are playing twice a week. Well, we don't need to do that, mm. especially the group stages. So, but if we were to sign Lavia and the others all stayed, he's probably going to play in the Europa League. So, mm. where's Bajetic getting his, his games then? And you know, I don't, I don't want it overcrowded in there. I'm, I'm more than happy if, if we move some people on, then yeah, go and get, go and get more in. But as things stand right now, unless somebody's going. And it may well be Thiago. There are there are some whispers starting to, because up until like you know today, basically there's not been anything. Well, today like that. there's there's talk about like um, Besiktas are in for him, and I don't know if this is true or not. But there was some like bollocks on on social media, like a big uproar that he'd removed LFC from his bio or something like that, and. I don't know if he did or or if, even if it was there to begin with. No idea. I don't know if this is true or not. People were saying that. And then you get the links with Besiktas and talk that like we, we might be willing to, to let him like leave rather than see out his, his last year or whatever. I don't know. Personally, I, I think I'd like to keep Thiago for, for this season um, because I, I, I know your fitness problems, you know, he's probably going to be available for like half the games as usual. But I do think... He could play that six in quite a lot of games. Maybe I wouldn't be doing it against Man City or you know like the the, the better sides, but him in that midfield alongside Trent, with like with the two new lads, I could see that working really well, and it allows you to to just bed everyone in. Like whereas if you move on Thiago and let's say Fabinho was to go as well and you bring in a new six, that's like three new pieces out the four. And the fourth mm. is Trent, who's only been playing that position for like five minutes. Right. So it's a little bit too much. I'd, I don't think we need to do it all at once. So if... I mean, it's, it's totally different if they're going to sell Thiago and Fabinho. If they're doing that, then, yeah, you know, you've got to go and get replacements in. They but won't we, sell both, though, will they? No, I don't think so. And I'm not even sure we'll sell either. You know, what if Thiago's it's like, no, you know what? I'd rather just wait until next year and see what my options are then. Uh, why would he leave? Than... I don't... I know. Well, why would he, why would he, why would he, he leave to, to Bajetic? Bajetic? Yeah. Why would He's got that? one year on his deal. Unless it was like Barcelona or someone was coming in as a bit of a, you know, something he fancies. He's a free agent in a year, isn't That's he? That's what I mean. Just get, get absolutely weighed in. Go so, to Saudi Arabia or something in a, in a yeah. year's time. It's not that straightforward to just say, move him on bring him in you know we, we've mm. had we've had problems with this before you know with Ox and Cater and that plus the fact Klopp's not one to force somebody out you know if, if mm. Thiago's like quite happy to stay I just don't see Klopp saying no fuck off <laughs> you're not wanted go he's not going to do that it goes against everything that he believes in and, and the way he's always acted and you can say he needs to be more ruthless whatever well, 
it, that's not going to happen. You know, if the player's willing to move on, I'm sure he's like quite happy to say, yeah, okay, that's fine. You can go. But he's not going to kick somebody out. So I'm not bothered if we sign another midfielder or not. To me now, the, the focus is on getting that extra defender in. And I don't want someone coming in on the basis of, I want to replace Robbo. That's not it. Now, to me, I want someone that's going to make Virgil sweat for his place, and you can also play on that left side. So Robbo's not playing every game, you know. So it's just about the options. And like, if you've got injuries, you're not suddenly worrying, going, "Oh, who are we mm. going to put in there? Is there a massive drop off?" I want somebody like a really shit or young defender who, like, you know, there's there's two of them in Portugal. There's like there's one at Sporting and there's one at Benfica who people are raving about. Um, there's there's an Italian lad as well who people are saying is going to be like the next great Italian defender. So there's there's players out there who we could bring in to put pressure on Virgil. And also, I mean, look, Canate's had so many fitness problems. Joe Gomez has had fitness problems, and Joe Gomez has got question marks over him regardless of the fitness. Like what Stu said there, he is a perfect profile for how we're playing now, because he's played right back, he's played centre back. You know, he's quick, he can cover that side of the pitch. So he should be really good in that position. But he's he's just got mistakes in him. And until he proves that he hasn't, then we can't can't depend on him, can we? So I think it's like it's another option. Is like if you bring in that left sided centre back, if Canate's injured, you can move Virgil over one and, and you've got the you know the, the new lads coming into Virgil's spot. So it just gives you those options, which we haven't really got at the moment because as much as I love Big Joel He's getting on. He's got a year left on his deal. I don't think he's particularly well suited to this system either. You know, he's he's like he's not not slow by any means, but Canate is a much better fit for for that role than he is. So again, it's like I do think that the priority now should be okay. Let's go and whatever budget we've got left, spare no expense on getting like the the, the brilliant defender who could be there for like the next ten years. That's what I'd be looking to do. And then if there's money left over. I don't know. I, I'd like to think so, but it doesn't seem so, does it? Because we keep getting linked at midfielders all the time, whether yeah. it's like Lavia or Taram or whatever. And going back to Taram, this is like we've been talking about this in the chat quite a bit. Uh, me and Paul both had like a similar view on it as like that. We we look at him and think we could convert him to a six, and then Stu's been looking at all like the the, the numbers on it and the the categories that you're looking for for that position. He's shite in those categories, isn't he, Stu? <laughs> he's just, his strengths are not that position. His strengths are like getting the ball and going past like four players. His strengths yeah. are not the, like what Fabinho's strengths would be, you know, for like for that position. So I don't really know why we're even looking at him. Because I thought it was, okay, we could get him and he's versatile. We could use him as a six or he can play like in one of the, the more advanced roles. But I wouldn't be looking at him to play one of those advanced roles because he's not like a McAllister or Sobersley. He's not creative. He's not like, you know, playing like defense splitting passes and, you know, shooting from 25 yards. He's not really that type. So I don't know what the what the appeal is with him. I don't know where they see... I don't know where they look at Turam and then look at our team and go, that's, that's where we'd want him to be playing. Now, so that, there may well be something that we're not seeing. I don't know. But it just seems a bit of a strange one. And I'm not saying he's yeah. a bad player at all. You know, I've liked the look of him, what, what I've seen on like the, the his, his YouTube clips and all that. You can see the strengths he's got, but I don't see what role he would fit in, in our setup. So it's a strange one. With buying these players, it makes a little bit more sense to me, though, that they would look at him and they were thinking a little bit more 
eight stroke ten rather than six stroke stroke eight in a different way. He's a different player. He goes past people, but if they were looking for a bit more fireworks up the pitch, he would make he would make sense to me in that system. And also the idea that maybe he doesn't he looks quite press resistant. His big lad looks after the ball. It's hard to get it off him. I think McAllister's a bit like that as well. I think his numbers for you know that they just they look after it when you give it them. So maybe that was that's an option where they're looking at. You can carry the ball in the opposition half. You can go past people. You can you can open things up a bit. Maybe they'll, that's what they're looking for in midfielders this this summer is opening the opposition up a little bit more from midfield rather than controlling. Yeah, you know, almost remember that G, like Genie when you give Genie the ball, he wouldn't lose it. Yeah. Maybe they saw that same sort of footballer as like. Well, he might not pass the ball 40 yards forward, but we've got quite a few lads who can do that. If Trent's in there doing that, if Thiago can do that, if Fabino's in there, maybe we want someone who's a little bit further up the pitch. And, you know, maybe it was looking, we're looking at a few different lads that all do different things in that 10 8, and he would, that's why they were interested in him. I don't know. See, I would like him doing that from the six. Giving us that option. You know, it's quite risky, though. Yeah, yeah but if he, if he can't put his foot in and he can't pass. That's then what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I don't want him at six. Yeah. But the other attributes, that's what I'd like to see at the six. But if he can't do like the bread and butter stuff that you need, then <laughs> it it's, would concern it's not me. Work. If we were Whereas, buying him for six, it would concern me. If Paul was on now, Paul would would just say, "Yeah, but Kloppo, he'll fix that. He'll he'll, he'll no, convert not him." For me. And I'm sort of in the middle on it, like because I do think, well, yeah, you you maybe could convert him. Maybe his numbers are not great because of the position he's playing and how he's asked yeah. the role he's playing. Maybe that's not to say he couldn't do it. Just because he's not doing that doesn't mean he can't. So, but then if we're doing that, he doesn't score goals. So That's we why I wouldn't have him further forward. If, yeah, if we're looking at it as an 8-10, he doesn't score goals. If we're looking at it as 6-8, he doesn't have the, have the profile for me to like control play and, you know... I don't know. I mean, they might they seem, might see something I don't, but I just I can't quite understand what we want from him. Mm. That's what I was saying. It seems a bit of a strange one compared to the other mm. players who we've actually signed. And Lavier is like he's an actual, he's a, he's like a six, isn't he? he that is yeah. his profile, is like that role. So yeah, the Turan one seems a bit strange to me. Even Kone, you know, I, I like the look of him mm. as a six. I think he'd be really good for us. But I don't know how bad his injury is because he went off last week on on crutches, didn't he? After uh, one of the under twenty one games, I've not really read up on it, so I don't know if it's a bad injury or not. But it seems to have gone quiet on him anyway. It was all Turan, wasn't it? There wasn't really much about Kone. But I just find like the the whole thing's been a bit bizarre to be honest. It's like, you know, it was Gravenberch, it was Mason Mount. It, then it's like we've just gone through like this list, and then out of nowhere, we go and sign Sobers. Like, like, well, was was that like was that who we wanted all along? Did we just get fed up trying to negotiate a fee for some of these other players, and then went, oh well, he's got a bio clause, let's go for him. I don't know like what the thinking was, and and. You know, were we signing the the best player available, or were we looking for the best deal? You know, in terms of mm-hmm. we've got X amount to spend and we need four players. That's my hunch. That's how I it looks to me, but I don't know. I don't mind that though. I think like I think I said it before we even started the summer. I don't mind the idea they've got six lads or eight lads that they all think we can work with these. And if you turn up and someone starts talking eighty million or seventy five million, you just go, it's okay. We'll have a chat with them down the road and. They're talking forty, and and we think all these players are useful. All these players can do. You know, there's loads of footballers, but they're all different, get, Stu. That's what yeah, what he's made. I know, but we can. I think we can just get a little bit obsessed of like we have to have this one footballer. Like, 
I, again, I, I think Arsenal could go and buy another footballer for £50 million that does the job that Rice does. I don't think you need to be obsessed about the one, unless he's like amazing. Like, unless he's a Bellingham, that's fine. Or I was saying with Valverde, I would have been happy to go, yeah. Oh, we, in. we got like 45 minutes in before mentioning Bellingham. Uh, look, <laughs> I, I def- look, I definitely want to touch on Bellingham, but I, th- I think one of the reasons why Arsenal have gone for um, Rice is because they see him being this under- underlying, like, this this kingpin of their entire team for the next decade or so. Face like they the look at that, all yeah, that. like the yeah. franchise player. Yeah. I think they, I think they've gone for him, and he's going to be for them maybe what like Tony Adams was or somebody like that, or yeah. just you know like Ian Wright, like one of those just iconic players who's just completely synonymous with the club, and he's going to underpin everything they do. And in terms of Bellingham, it's it's apt that you bring it up, Dave, because Stuart wanted to ask you if you could like. What was it, Bellingham? Eighty-nine million to Real Madrid plus the excess wages that he would have costed signing on fee, whatever. Are you happier with McAllister and Sobersly, the two of them, compared to one Jude Bellingham? With the wages that it, I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it's our choice anyway. I think it, he's decided he wants to go to Real Madrid. I don't. I think there's this idea of like, well, we should have done this and we should have done that. And we, I think you just have to sometimes accept. If he wants to go to Real Madrid, and they're going to weigh him in for like three hundred grand a week or something stupid. Then there's not a lot. I just don't think there's a lot you can do about that. We're not going to spend that amount of money wages wise on him, and I don't mind that. I think we've got to be sustainable. It's got to be sensible, um, because where do you go from that for his, for like mm-hmm. after three years? After three sure. years, when he he needs his new deal. I, and I, it was never the transfer fee that was an issue. I, I'm all right with spending £100 million on him because in five years' time, he's probably still worth £100 million, if not more. So you, you just, you know, you're just you holding on to an asset that you're keeping the value for. But I don't think the Bellingham thing was... I don't think that we have a lot of choice in that. I've seen a lot of fans who are like, were fuming about it. I just... we I think we like to think we're Liverpool, so we could have just got that done. I don't know if it was. Given the season we had last year, I don't think it was as simple as just getting it done. So, yeah, I mean, I would have liked the one hit. I would have gone, say, Valverde. I would have gone the same if his if his wages were two hundred and twenty or two hundred or something. I would have probably pushed the boat out and said, "Yeah, let's get that one player." But Me too. You get, yeah, but I think these two. It looks, it does look, it's quality. It's 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 not just it's not gambles either, is it? And I do think it's they've played they've you know they've played in the Champions League. Won World Cups. They've scored goals in big leagues. It's you know, they've they've done it already, mm-hmm. without going back to some of the players who are, you know, Declan Rice is unproven. He's never played in the Champions League. Like he he has not done it at the top level yet. So I, it's like there's no proven record there yet. So I'm I'm comfortable with these two over over one big hitter. I don't mind that. Okay. And I think it it helps you as well because it feels like they don't both have to be amazing. If one of them smashes it and is nine out of ten, and the other one's seven, we've done all right there, haven't you? You know they don't yeah. both have to be. They don't both have to smash it for it to be a good window. Yeah, Dave, how about you? Because I know you are more all in on Jude, perhaps apart from Paul, more than any of us. Yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It was never about Bellingham himself. It was more about the idea of what they sold us on, and also the fact that like we we neglected to do anything else because we were waiting on getting that deal done and then we just walked away from it that's the thing that pissed me off it was never bellingham himself it was like okay you've got me on board with that 
mm-hmm. didn't sign anyone last summer, no midfielders, because you were you were waiting a year to get him. Okay, I'm fine with that. Yeah, good. To then not do it, and we're signing players now who we could have signed 12 months ago. So that's the thing that pisses me off about it, is like it's not about us not getting Bellingham now, it's about what we gave up in the failed pursuit of it. That's the, the issue that I've got with it. I think, okay. you know, we could have... Like, in, in some ways, I mean... like So last summer, the argument was we've got a team that's just almost on the quadruple. It's really hard improving this team. There's only like a handful of players out there who can improve this team. And then we've, we've just like had a, a shit season and all of a sudden it's a lot easier to find players to improve that team because the team was not very good. So I get that. But I also don't believe that 12 months ago it was that hard. Not that it was that hard. That there was not that many players out there who could have come in and made us better. You know, even if it was coming in to replace Ox or Cater, which is what we should have done, we should have moved them on and going over old ground here because, again, it comes down to, like, if they don't want to move, Klopp's not going to force them out. And that's why I said a year ago we won't sign a midfielder as long as we've got these players here. And it's the same now. If if Fabinho and Thiago are staying, I don't think we'll sign another six. So if, if we do sign, like, Lavia, it tells me that Thiago's, almost definitely moving on because okay. I just don't think we'll have like 10 midfielders on the books paying the wages for mm-hmm. 10 midfield players when we're not going to need them especially because we haven't got Champions League football so you can have a weaker squad when you're playing in the Europa because you, you can play like some of your kids in, in the Europa League sure. games especially the in the group that, stages um, like we were all waxing lyrical about Curtis's finish to the season Harvey's lighting up the under 21 tournament right now like you, you also want to give them guys the chance to flourish Absolutely. too right yeah Definitely. I mean, Curtis deserves like game time. They showed like the end of last season what he can do. You can't just like kick him to the sidelines again and like and not play him. So I don't want us bringing in loads of players at the expense of giving minutes to to Curtis, Harvey, Bajetic. And I'm not even saying like put them in all the Premier League games, but the Europa League games they should be playing all of those games and getting some mm-hmm. Premier League games as well, because you, you've got to bring them on because they all look like they've got potential. Uh, to to be important players in the future, so don't stifle them by like just bringing in a load of players ahead of them, and they won't do that. It it goes against everything that Klopp uh, and uh, and Linders. That's just not it's not how they they operate. You know they want to bring players through, so I just don't see us making a load of signings without letting players go. I think if more right. players come in, then we're going to see some going. Okay, the squad actually looks better balanced for the new formation, doesn't it? Because even last last year when we were looking at Harvey and we and we going well, where does he fit? He's yeah. not really an eight. He's We've not got two he's not tens fast now. Enough so. to do this. He, yeah. Whereas it feels now a little bit. You can see at least for them, I imagine they can see something that fits them a little bit better. There's two positions now. that they can fill. You know, if I'm Harvey, yeah. I'm thinking, well, I can play on like on, on the left of the box and I can play on the right of the box as well as he could fill in like for for Mo in an in, a, in an emergency. You know, you could play in there. But so yeah, it, it it does work, and also Curtis played really well at the end of last season. But it wasn't in the four three three. It was like we changed, mm. and he was he was a bit further forward, which is what we always wanted from Curtis was him to express himself a little bit more and get himself some goals. And he wasn't having to play it as safe as when he was playing as one of the eights. When that was yeah. the criticism was like he's too safe. But I seen like Klopp said something about him at the end of last season about like Curtis never loses the ball. He's like he protects the ball. He never gives the ball away. Well, yeah, but we know so much more that he can do and he wasn't really doing it 
in that system, like the four three three. But he's he's just a bit further forward, and he's got a bit more license to do stuff in this new setup. Um, so I mean, you got to look at it and think that the two new lads are going to be playing in those two positions, and then it's going to be Harvey and Curtis as like the backups to them. Um, and I think Hendo's probably going to end up playing more as as the six. Or if something else we've not spoken about at all is what happens if Trent's not playing? What do we do then? Do we go back to yeah. like a back four? Or do we say, okay, Hendo, you play that position. I know he's not got like the, the playmaking ability of Trent, you know, the, the defence splitting passes and all of that stuff. But the shape of the team wouldn't have to change too much if he was playing in that position and then going over to cover right back when necessary. You know, we could do that. Like Milner could have done it as well, like last season if he'd have needed to do it. You're obviously losing a lot from like you know Trent's just world class ability on the ball, but in terms of how the rest of the team operates, you've either got to change to go back to a back four, or you need someone to go in and play Trent's position. Mm-hmm. So who could do that, Dave? Adams, Tyler Adams from Leeds. I like him. I, Chris, I really Chris, like, you him. like him as well. He's your boy. I really he? like him. Yeah, he's my yeah. boy. I just, I mean, he was last year. You look at the, like again the numbers and whatever. He's just without the ball. He's brilliant. He gets his foot in so much. He can play midfield. He can play right back. I mean, how much? Do, how much would it take to wedge him out of Leeds? I, mean, I know he's, he only much. signed a contract. Yeah. He signed a new contract, I think, last year or something. But. I mean, does he want to be at Leeds in the in the Championship? Did you know where he came from as well? Where Leeds got him from? RB on it. Yeah, so yeah he's he another one of them. So you know he's right. he's a, he's a fit and he's someone who we'll have had our eye on. Because... We should have jumped on him last summer, probably. Yeah, right. And he's a gr- I just love his aggression as well. Like, yeah. he's... yep, captain, leader, legend. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, I just think they're talking about fifty million for Lavi. I'm like. Would you not just be able to give that to Leeds for him? Yeah. Yeah. Don't know. Don't know. I like the look of him. No, we all like him. I don't think um, like the rest of the chat don't don't ever seem too keen on him. But like any time like he's being mentioned, I know I know you like him, Stu. But I think it yeah. might just be me and you and Chris, obviously. Yeah. I think like I was a bit I was a bit upset when you claimed him as your boy, and it was one of those where hang on, he's my boy before he's your boy, so. Um, that's fine. Hey, no, do you I'll, a... I'll happily concede that. Yeah, but okay. he's he's my boy now as well. All right, fair enough. You just get the you just get the visibility of your boys are more visible than my boys because you've got more <laughs> of the you got you got the outlet that I don't have. Let me round up. Yeah, exactly. More boys yeah. in the Catholic Church. Yeah. He does absolutely, <laughs> and uh, about as solid a record with boys <laughs> in the Catholic Church. <laughs> I know it's a, it's a really <laughs> tough scene like that Bamford's yeah. penalty like oh man leads down and oh. kept Everton up. Hey, yeah. look, I got this four four two list in front of me now. I've oh. only got the top twenty five oh. because Christ. that's what they published on their website. So, do you want to go twenty five to one or one to twenty five? Uh, go twenty five to one. Okay, because so... I'm going to be fuming out who number one is probably. It's going to be a horror show, isn't it? Tw- twenty five surprisingly low is Declan Rice. Yeah, I would have thought he'd be higher because he's like right. the golden boy of English football. Another similar player, 24, is James Madison. No, what? not having that. Fuck off. Tw- not 23, this is going to piss you off, Nick Pope. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Are they trolling us? Is oh, they, I think oh, I read God. this and I had to put the magazine down. I almost walked out of the barbers. Uh, <laughs> 22, this is, this is a good one. This is uh, Matoma from Brighton. 
I know you guys like him. Yeah. This one surprised me. Number twenty-one, Sven Botman from Newcastle. Oh, this is just recency bias. <laughs> what is? This? Yeah, Newcastle I think it, I have think had it, a good season. So do you know? I, I think Number it is kind of based Kovsky. on the last season. <laughs> no, number twenty is uh, McAllister. Nineteen Ramsdale. Oh, Eighteen Gabriel Maca- Magales from Arsenal. So Gabriel. Yeah. Uh, Seventeen Joe Linton. Sixteen is Zinchenko. No, that's a the top twenty-five choice. players. Uh, Fifteen Almiron. Fourteen Ivan Tony. My boy. Thirteen Lissandro Martinez. One of your boys. That's nice. Um, Twelve is Mo. Sandro Martinez. Why are you taking the piss? Hang Number on a thirteen. Minute. I'm just reading from the fucking <laughs> this website. <is> the butcher. <laughs> yeah. Fucking okay, hell. Oh my um, god. Twelve is Mo. Eleven is Rodri. Ten is Martinelli. Nine is Jack Grealish. Eight is Bruno from Newcastle. Um, seven is Casemiro. Six is Kevin De Bruyne. Five is Saka. Four is Kane. Three is Rashford. Two is Fuck Odegaard. Rashford One over Kane. <laughs> Rashford over Kane. Yeah. Oh, God. That is an absolute horror That's show. That's fucking ruined my son of that. But, I'm gonna be no, but seriously. But is that us? Is that us or is it them? Is that how people genuinely think? Like, are we the, are we the morons? Are we the ones who are out no, of touch? Are we the ones no, who are... No. no. Because that's like a national thing, isn't it? Like... Look at that Sometimes, list. Look at that list in twelve months' time. If we revisit okay. that next season and see how many of our players are in it, and not the new players, ones who like just proven quality players. Like, you know what? Allison Kieran not being Trippier. in the, in the top fifty. Not in there. Yeah, I mean, Kieran Trippier. Brilliant. If you, if you pick a Newcastle he players, then he's like he's by far and away like number yeah. one. And if you pick an our players, how how is Allison not in there? No. I, it's a, it's a fucking disgrace, really. It's is. upsetting. It is upsetting, and I'm not. I'm not sure whether it's upsetting because there's an element of truth in it, compa- based on how bad we were last season, or whether I'm upset because no, I feel slighted. It's not. It, it, there's not an element of truth in it, and the reason why there's not is be, if they put Allison in the top ten or something, and then like hardly any of our other players are in there, then you could say, oh, all right, maybe there's an element of truth. But to not have Allison in there tells you it's bollocks. It's absolute mm. bollocks. They've just gone on like league position. Oh, Newcastle have done well. Let's stick a load of their players in. Fuck off. All right, fair enough. Should we? I mean, should we? Should we raise the other elephant in the room? The fact that Steven Gerrard is off to the Saudi league. Yeah. What, when he when he went on TV and he said he wasn't going to take that opportunity, we kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt. Like he'd, he'd gone over there, he'd listened to their offer, he'd, he'd come on national TV and said that's not something he's going to do, Stu, and now he has. Like. What do you make of that? I mean, it's just money talks, doesn't it? I suppose it's one of those things. He's 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 probably not going to have that many offers. I think it's it's quite it's probably depressing that he isn't. It feels like he's not even trying to rebuild his career. Then is he? Because you know, he's he's not done well at Villa. So you go, okay, you, your next job's quite important, then, isn't it? On where your career goes, mm-hmm. and it feels like really early in his managerial career, he's just he's just he's done the, the go into MLS thing that players do is just go and get weighed in in Saudi Arabia. Uh, I don't know, it's just, it's a bit depressing. I, I got past the point of expecting most footballers or managers to have like strong principled stances on things. But yeah, I mean, fair, go and do it, you know. 
good luck adapting to the culture. You know, when your favourite food's like cheese on toast or something, I'm sure you'll love it over there. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't. I just I haven't got a really strong opinion on it. I've you know I'm not going to go defending him. It's he's chosen to do it. He's just another another person who wants to make a few quid. There's not a lot more to say than that, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dave, Stu sort of said there that it, it's sort of equivalent of the MLS stuff. Like your boy Suarez might be, uh, boy Suarez might be coming over. Yeah, as well. If uh... has he announced his retirement? Yes, I know there was because <laughs> there was uh, this uh, this wound me up. There's, there was talk like that he was about to announce his retirement because of a, a, a chronic knee pain, and then Gremio didn't believe him. They were like, okay, mm-hmm. we'll we'll accept that, but only if like you sign some agreement that you won't turn up at like into Miami, and I'm like. <laughs> This is like, this is like so fucking. It's like slanderous, casting aspersions on Suarez's character, fuck? as if he'd go in for that kind of underhanded chicanery. That's like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not having it. It's Louis Suarez, behave yourself. He wouldn't do something like that. <laughs> but no, like Louis Suarez would fake a funeral. And obviously, turn up obviously there. that's what he's. That's what he was thinking. Yeah, definitely. He's like, yeah, Messi's rocked up at like at Miami. And Messi's probably said, yeah, you know, come on over here. And he's thought, yeah, but I'm in this fucking contract with Greenwell. <laughs> can't get out of it. And they'll have gone, come on, you can come up with something. And he gone, leave it with me. Leave it with me. I'll, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I do think he's going to end up like just with, with Messi in Miami. And when he does, I'm moving in with Chris. <laughs> so get that nope. spare bedroom ready for me. <laughs> Mate, I'm telling you, like under normal circumstances, I love you pretty much more than anybody else on the planet. And under any other circumstances, you want to come and stay with me. But I'm putting my foot down here and saying fucking no. Because I've lived there for 13 years. And have you been over there a single time? Yes, when I was fucking here. I'm sat in my mum's living room, the same place I was when you came over to Florida that one time. I'm too. I'm still too hurt by that for, to even countenance know, the fact. I didn't know you were going to be back over here. And like, I think you did. I think you did some detective work. Like, no. honestly, I I was so upset by that skew. It was unreal. Like the whole time I've been like, it's cold. The, the biggest, so cold. the biggest golf fan I know wouldn't come to the golf capital of the world to come and stay with one of his oldest friends for a nice couple of weeks. It's not exactly a shithole to come to either. Jules has been no. twice. <laughs> Right. No, listen. If Suarez turns up at Miami, I'll, I'll come over. No, straight away. No, because yeah, not worst. staying with me. If you're not yeah, staying with me, she, if he does, because she'll be getting like press box access and all of that, interviews afterwards and all that. Use yeah. your connections. Use your capital and connections. No. Get me in there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying no. Yeah, don't come down, the motherfucker, because you ain't getting in. <laughs> No, seriously. I, I mean, I'm, I'm quite excited that Messi is coming over because, like, I'll get to cover those games and stuff, and it, it makes me a few quid to, um, to have someone of that stature coming in. But if Suarez comes over, I'm just gonna say nope. Sorry, no, I'm not doing it anymore. No, well, I'll, I'll go in your place. That's fine. No, you just give me no. a bed. <laughs> I'll go cover the games. No, that's you fine can with be me. with like all the other jabronis flying into town and pay the extortionate Airbnb prices or the hotel prices. No, I'd, I'd be staying with you and it'd be like there's something about Mary at the end and the old fella. And he's like, I was only boning you to get close to Mary. <laughs> That'd be me with Suarez. <laughs> oh, man. No, if he oh. ends up at Miami, that that's going to be like box office for you. 
Yeah, it will be pretty sweet. Well, they've got Busquets already, and there's talk of Jordi Alba as well, so... Fucking God knows how they're going to pay for it. Yeah, yeah God knows how they're going to pay for it, because they've already been in trouble for breaking the... In their, in their inaugural season, they got done for... Um, how would you say, like, violating the salary cap rules when it comes to designated players, like, a.k.a. You don't cheating. need to worry about that shit yeah. anymore. You don't, No one worries about that shit anymore. <laughs> rules don't matter. Fucking Saudi Arabia, Man City, what's it matter? There you go. I think Everyone the Americans throws... are a little bit more stringent on stuff like that, aren't they, Cause mm-hmm. with, with their leagues? Because it's a closed shop, yeah. and they have to, yeah. that's the only way they can maintain the integrity of anything. But enough of this Suarez talk this that's not going. You're not going to have a place to stay if it happens. Um, <laughs> what about the Gerard Saudi Arabia stuff? Because, like, I know there are there are few, if any, Liverpool players that you've got more love for from Ger- for for than Steven Gerrard. Like, how do you feel? Do you think? Do you feel like this undercuts your ability to go after like Eddie Howe in such staunch terms? If one of our mm. own, our most beloved, no. is taking their cash as well, it would only it would only compromise me if I was defending Steven Gerrard while right. attacking Eddie Howe. So, you know, I'm not going to defend Steven Gerrard. He's made his bed. If if that's where he's going, fine. I, the only thing I'd I'd say differently to what Stu said was, I don't think this is him giving up on his managerial career and saying, oh, you know, it's not working out. I'll go and take the money. I think he sees this as just a free hit because if he goes there and it doesn't work out, I genuinely don't think anyone over here is paying any attention to what's going on over there. I don't think it hurts his chances of getting another job. But I do think if he was to take, like, say, for example, he got linked with the Leeds job, didn't he? If he'd have took the Leeds job and it hadn't gone well, that would be him finished. Yeah. He's not going to get another job. But by if going it goes there... Badly, though. If it goes badly there... I don't think it'll still, make that much st- difference. I don't. And I mean, he'll, he'll have pocketed so much money from it as well. Maybe. If he's like bottom of the league or something, it's still going to be everyone's still going to be taking the piss. Yeah, but I, I still think he'd be able to get another job, whereas I think if he took the Leeds job and it didn't go well, that's that. Whereas even if he doesn't get another job after this, he's got the he's got the payday that he's wanted for it. Uh, the other thing was, when he, when he went on the telly the other week and he was saying, I'm not going... I thought it was a bit vague the way it was carefully worded. Like it never seemed to me like he was saying that's completely off the table. He just said, "I've seen reports saying that I've I've just taken over at a side club or whatever," but not true. He d- he dismissed it. He said it's not true, but I didn't see him say, "I'm never going there." That's like completely off because at the time I thought that ah, it's probably just more money, and they've obviously come back and offered more money, and now he's taking it. Plus the fact he's he's let like. He's left Fowler go before him. So now Fowler's like, Fowler's maybe um, taking the heat because he, he went first and now Gerard's going as well. I mean, Fowler, he's taking a job for, isn't he in the second division? I think like he, he hasn't gone to like a, a, a top team there. I think he's in like the, the next the next tier down. I'm not sure. But like Fowler was, uh, he was getting criticised for a few days ago. So yeah, Carl Robinson, um, I think he managed like MK Dons or he managed in the lower leagues. He's a scouser and he's a mate of Robbie's. And he was on Talksport the other day. I didn't hear it, but I just seen some quotes on Twitter where he was saying Robbie's applied for loads of jobs over here and he's just not got anywhere. You know, so he feels like he, he wants to coach, he wants to work. And and to be fair to Robbie, he has travelled around the world. He, he was he was in Australia. Mm-hmm. I think was he in Hong Kong or somewhere, or Singapore? India, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's gone to random places because he wants to be a coach. And so he's been offered a job in Saudi Arabia and he's taken it and 
on the face of it, you think not ideal, but it, like he's not working for the actual government, is he? It's just a club in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Does make a bit of a difference, I suppose. Gerard's not, not being taken on by one of the clubs that's owned by the the pay feeder. Um, I still wish he hadn't gone. I, I don't particularly like it. I don't think it's like the most heinous offence in the world either. Uh, and I, I think Gerard's gone for the money. And I think you can you can give Robbie the benefit of the doubt because he's taken these random jobs at, at other clubs. He just wants a job. He just wants to be like a manager. And if take Carl Robinson at his word, if this is like the best offer that Robbie's got, or maybe like the only offer he's had uh, to take charge of a team, and he's taking it, well, you know, good luck to him. He wants to work, doesn't he? I mean, Robbie doesn't need the money. I know Stevie doesn't either, but Robbie's got all kinds of money from outside footy, hasn't he? So he's doing mm-hmm. this because he wants to be a manager. You know, obviously he's got a passion for it. Um, but yeah, it's just you'd just rather he didn't go there. I think what you're saying there about him not actually working for the government, there probably is a bit of an element in that. In the, it's the same as the guys who are working for the actual sports washing operations over here. There is, a, I think there is probably a slight difference in, in doing that or working for one of the government clubs over in Saudi Arabia. There probably is a bit of a difference between that and just going to work for a random club. I mean, if he'd have gone... We, we, I think we think this because we understand that Saudi Arabia is like trying to buy sports, so it's trying to build this league up, and it's you know, artificially inflated its league. But we wouldn't be thinking these things if he'd gone to a Brazilian club under Bolsonaro or an Indian club. People wouldn't look, you know, whatever this yeah. fellas, wherever it might be, mm-hmm. China. One of our data guys has gone over to Israel during what's going on there at the moment. I think it does make a difference. We wouldn't be quite as bothered. If it's just they've gone to a terrible nation, would we? We're, we're pretty blasé about that a lot of the time. I think it's when they go and work for the government, and I think with Saudi, it's, it's the Saudi project, isn't it? Of like the buying golf, they want mm. Formula One, they want tennis, they want. It's that idea where you are, you are buying into that project a bit, aren't you? Of they will own all sport. So I think that's why you can be frustrated. But I mean, don't yeah. don't place too much faith in footballers or you know. Sure. A lot of them will dis- a lot of them will disappoint you, won't they? They'll they'll most most they, probably they won't. haven't yeah they haven't got that much taste they haven't got that that some of them do the exceptions but you know don't go looking for principle in in your sports heroes. Well, I mean our Brazilian lads are all Bolsonaro supporters, so grim. Mm. All right. Well, um, you know this has been quite a positive pod overall. We've 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 been talking about the new sign and how he's going to fit, and it all feels quite exciting. Is there anything else that you guys want to add before we sign off for tonight, so we're not going off on that sort of like sports watching note? Yeah, what we were talking about what we've been doing over the summer, but you didn't really get to say. And I know you've been doing. Stu probably doesn't know this, but you've had like a pretty interesting summer. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, I got to cover the NBA finals. Which was fucking ace. I mean, like I'm a I'm a Miami Heat fan before I'm a reporter. I got covered the NBA finals for the Guardian, which was a fucking cool thing for me to do. Uh, we just bought my apartment with the missus, so that's been going good. Emma gets my sister gets married in two days. Like I've just become a yoga teacher, so I'm like I've got this like <laughs> yeah, I know it's mad, right? Isn't it? I've just got this like second career as a yoga teacher, which is fun as well. So so yeah, it's it's all been. Uh, it's all been an interesting time, really. Like, I think it just took me, like, spending six months in Florida without coming back to go to Liverpool games. And perhaps the incentive was that, like, 
normally I'm just itching to get back so much because everything's so fun and exciting and we're going for titles. And it makes, I guess it makes me feel like a, seem like a bit of an asshole and stuff. But like, I was quite happy to stay away from from January to May this year because I didn't really feel like I was missing out on much. And it's like yielded all this like cool stuff that's happened in my life. And part of me is just like, man, what like, what could I have achieved in life if I'd have just like <laughs> if I'd have not been coming home to come to Liverpool games, coming back to Florida, and then immediately when I get back, counting down the days to when I can come next. It's almost like, man, I, you know, if the Reds had been shit through the last five years, I could have been like a senator or a fucking congressman or something. <laughs> Sliding doors but, moment. Like, yeah, if, you, exactly. if you're blue, if you're blue, if you're blue, you would have been president. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but, you know, it's been fun. I'm still looking forward to the new season and everything, and... But it's, it feels like it's been a quite transformative uh, five or six months for me. So, no, that's class. Like the the NBA yeah, finals thing. I mean, that's proper like bucket list stuff, isn't it? Yeah, well, absolutely. Like I, I didn't think like I, for, I feel for me, like I had a little bit in terms of reporting stuff. I had a little bit too much, too young. Like I was covering Liverpool and Everton when I was like twenty one because I got the press agency job and I was doing, um, I was working for the official site and everything and. It just it kind of felt like a natural progression. Then I moved away from that for about like ten years because the hardcore news stuff was a bit too much for me, and I went into like marketing and tech journalism and stuff like that. And it took me a while to get back to doing sports stuff, but yeah, that was that was a cool thing to be able to do that. So I was really grateful to be able to go and like you know be in the room with the biggest stars in the game on the biggest stage of them all, and like being surrounded by all these national TV personalities and stuff. So yeah, it was cool. Asking questions cool. as well in press conferences to the coaches and all that. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, yeah, it's decent. Funny questions yeah, really... where everyone was laughing yeah. along with you as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I think I... <laughs> killing it. Absolutely yeah. killing it. It's great stuff. Thanks, man. You made any yeah, eagles? Good, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Oh, I haven't well, had then. that quite... I haven't, had, I haven't had that successful summer and I haven't been to Glasgow either. So, like, you know, it's uh, levels, as Stu would say. Have you bought any fish tags? <laughs> no, no. Even if I bought one, it'd be less than you. So you know, there's no point competing on that front. All right. Yeah. Less said about that, the better. <laughs> no. Anything else you guys want to add before we call it a night? Uh, nothing springs to mind, but I bet you, as soon as we come off, we'll think, "Oh shit, we didn't talk about that." But um, yeah. nothing, nothing that I can think of. Stu. No, nothing I can think of. No, nice. don't think so. All right. Well, um, hopefully we'll be back. We're, I mean, we're going to do something fun anyway in the next couple of weeks. We've been talking about this for a while, but we'll figure out what it is. Something a bit more nostalgic and reminiscent. Um, but hopefully we'll be back for another new sign-in pod at some point, whether it's a centre-half, whether it's a midfielder. Um, who knows? Um, so, yeah, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back within the next couple of weeks. And until then, we'll catch you soon. best word I can say but uh, will describe this was boom <laughs> 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 Ooh, what was this it was really good